The following audio content is a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at www.upc.org. So there's a star, and under the star, there's a birth, the start of something new. That's the Christmas story, isn't it? And we know the story. But we also know that that's not all there is to the story. That's not the whole of it. In fact, that's just a, a baby picture. I don't know about you, but I'm not very good with baby pictures. Even baby pictures of my own children. I, I, I look at them and I think, I can guess which one that is, but uh, I'm really not very good. This is embarrassing to admit, but I'm not very good at it, so I have to write. I ask my wife, which child is that? And, and then I write it on the back of the photo. To, uh, to me, the baby photos... Uh, don't just, they don't tell us enough. Baby photos are just too similar one to another. And, and then when you think about the difference between the, the picture of a baby and what that person looks like 60 years later, how different are those? I mean, who would have thought that this would be St. Nicholas? You know, that this little, this little you just, maybe, maybe not. You just can't tell from the baby photo. A baby is just the start of something, but who knows what? Uh, Who knows what it's starting? So Matthew gives us a baby picture, a picture of Jesus in a manger. But that's not all he gives us. He's given us a full album of photos, hasn't he? And I'd like to flip through that album a few pages uh, with you this evening and, and look at two other pictures that Matthew Gives us. We find them both in the same place in Matthew uh, chapter 17. And these questions, uh, these uh, photos for me raise questions. I'm full of questions, uh, but I just want to trouble you with, with four of them tonight. Four what if questions. But first, listen as I, as I read this strange vision that some of Jesus' followers are given on a mountain. This is Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, do not be afraid. And when they looked up, They saw no one except Jesus 
himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. What if? What if Jesus comes as a baby not so as to come into the world in the same way that we come into the world, so much as we come into the world as babies because Jesus will come into the world as a baby. What if? Well then, if that were so, it would suggest to us that every birth is miraculous. Not miraculous in the sense that the laws of the natural universe are suspended, but miraculous in the sense that with each and every child that enters this world, God has been very intentional and deliberate to fashion another human being after the image of the original, the Son of God. You see the difference? What if we're not the originals and Jesus is a copy of us, but, but what if Jesus is the original and each of us is a copy? Well, then you might hear these words that the Father says to the Son in a surprising way. Right in the middle of Peter's sentence, there's a heavenly voice. It interrupts him. just can't control himself. I think we get a glimpse here of the inner Trinitarian affection that exists from before all time. You know, the Heavenly Father just has to blurt out, this is my Son whom I love. I just delight in Him. It's not that the Father is saying, I'm really pleased that Jesus has been so good these last 30 years. <laughs> what He's saying is, I cannot contain myself. I get goosebumps. And here it's like the time-space continuum has been breached. The curtain has been drawn back. And Peter and James and John, they get to see the delight of the Father in this son, this child. He delights in us in that same way, too. What if? What if the difference between... The way you are tonight and the way that you will be someday when you're spiritually mature is as great as the difference between a baby and a mature adult. What if? I mean... We get in, in the Gospels these three pictures of Jesus. And they're very different pictures. Pictures of him as a baby. Pictures of him as a mature adult. And then a picture of him at the end of eternity. Jesus in the fullness of his glory. Radiant. His face 
shining like the brightest star, the sun, his clothes glowing with a brilliance. Very different, each of these three pictures, and yet the same Jesus. See, there's this, this process of transformation going on, isn't there? But the word that Matthew uses here in verse 2 is translated transfigured. In the Greek, it's metamorpho, that is to be transformed. Jesus, in a moment, is, is transformed into something else. And the Apostle Paul will use that same word to describe what's happening in the life of everybody who believes in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 3, he says this, he says, We are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Wow. What if? What if that process of transformation is as mundane and unremarkable as the process of transformation that you've undergone from the day that you were a baby to tonight? What if our spiritual transformation were just you know, that plain or that ordinary? when the lights start shining here, this, this moment of glory at the top of the mountain, Peter says, wow, it's really good that we're here. Let's go camping. You know, he wants to put up some tents. Can we build some? I got, I got one for you and one for you. And It's not irrational to think that way, Peter. In fact, it makes a whole lot of sense. Because in that moment, what Peter gets a glimpse of is the end, the goal of life, where we're headed. He gets a picture of not only Jesus' future, but his own future. And that's a place of rest. That's where we ought to stay. And yet God says, you know what? Peter, you're not done. And we don't want you sitting around on this mountain too long. We want you to see this because we want to encourage you to know your destiny. But it's just a brief glimpse. And you're going to put your knapsack on and we're going to take you back down the mountain. Because where that transformation happens is at the foot of the mountain. Not on the top of the mountain. It happens in real life. Well then, if that's how you and I are changed spiritually, there are going to be a lot of diapers to change. A lot of messes to clean up. A lot of lessons to learn. Illnesses to fight. Burdens to bear. Regular stuff. But that's how he changes us. Here's my last what if. What if God is inviting you and me into this process of transformation tonight just as quietly and as discreetly as he entered into first century Judea. Beneath a star. But as a baby. One of billions. What if he comes just that quietly to invite you into this process of transformation tonight? Well then, we would want to listen very carefully.
We would want to be alert. As the Father says of Jesus, listen to Him. We would want to be attentive to His Word. We would listen, have ears for the quiet spaces. We would expect the unexpected. In particular, you and I would puzzle with our puzzlers as hard as we could possibly puzzle about the resurrection. It's kind of funny, you know, Jesus, he's so shy. He's so quiet. He's walking down the hill, Peter and James and John. And he says, guys, fellas, there's one rule about the retreat we just had. And that's that you can't tell anybody about it. You go, wow, that's strange. Why? He says, you can't tell them, not, not never, he's telling us now. But he says, I, I want you to wait until after the Son of Man rises from the dead. Because what Jesus knows is that, that this promise of transformation is so radical, is so dramatic, is so incredible that people couldn't understand it without first understanding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, you'd have to see somebody literally, historically, step from death into the brilliance of new life in order to get how dramatic this transformation is to which we're being called. Well, then we would, we would look really hard at the resurrection and be attentive. Because when we hear that this star, that the light that shines through Jesus' face is so bright that it will penetrate even the darkness of death, well then, well then, Peter never forgot that night, that day. He was with him for the rest of his life. As you know, Peter wrote uh, two letters to the churches. And in the second letter, in the first chapter, he's beginning to reflect on his own mortality. He knows his time is coming to an end. And as he sits at his desk and he pens this letter, his mind goes back to that mountain and, and that picture that he saw of Jesus there and he writes, you know, we're, we're not telling you, friends, about cleverly devised myths. This is not the stuff of legend. We're telling you about things that we have seen with our eyes, about things that we have heard with our ears. And he says, when we were there, we knew it wasn't something just about Jesus. The Father is somehow validating his ministry. There was that. We knew it wasn't just about us, that somehow God had a lesson for us about our destiny. Peter says, we knew this is for you. This is for you. This picture is for you. And this is what he writes. He says, be attentive. You know, listen. Be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns. And the morning star rises in your hearts. Do you think there might be a new beginning for you this Christmas? This December? 
Do you think that this Christ child might be born in you? What if? Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when even for a moment the scales are taken off our eyes and we can see the glory of Jesus Christ, we can see what you have in mind for us. And if tonight we could only see the brilliance, the glory of this child shining through us and our faces, these walls, these windows would not be enough to contain the light and all of Seattle would be illuminated. Grant that we might be attentive tonight. Let us hear your invitation to come and be changed. We pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. All University Presbyterian Church online audio is available on both CD and cassette. If you would like to support the mission of UPC by ordering copies of sermons or classes, please visit www.upc.org forward slash audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.